follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Everybody is entitled to their 15 minutes of fame. Now you'll get to hear some of those people share their wisdom and insight on the fame game on Voice America Kids. Now, here's your host, Maddie Rose. Welcome, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm your host, Maddie Rose. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Cameron Cox from Channel 12. So, how are you doing, Cameron? Special. I don't know if that's the right term. but (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing great. Thank you, Maddie, for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm glad that we could finally make a date work where you could come out and talk to all of us. It's it's been a roller coaster ride this year, it seems like, here in the Valley. It's nonstop. Thanks to the Mm -hmm. Cardinals. I mean, geez, who made them winners all of a sudden? I'm just kidding. No, they did a great job. This season, though. Uh, it was so much. Football season was so much fun around here. Um, I get to travel, and, you know, most people will tell you that, you know, th- this team has come from nothing almost. And th- the fan base wasn't known for being a fan base. And this year you really saw people travel with this team. And I think that was the coolest part when you went on the road with these guys and you saw hundreds and hundreds of fans and then having tailgate parties and then having r- pep rallies on the road. I mean, that was unheard of for this fan base. So, yeah, it was, it's been crazy, a lot of fun, and uh, enjoyed it. Now it's slowing down a little bit, baseball season picking up, and uh, it'll be even busier. Absolutely. So first things first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I'm a Texas boy. I don't know how that sits nice. with Arizona people. I, it, I think it's 50-50 sometimes. They're like, oh, you're from Texas. I think yes, it's I, acceptable. Okay, all right. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I'm from California. Okay. So maybe, I know there's a little bias there. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I, 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 t- I tell people that from sometimes, and they're like, Texas. Hmm, oh, you're that guy. No, I'm not that guy. Just from, yeah, born and raised in, uh, in Houston, Texas. Grew up there all my life. Um, went to college in New Mexico, Eastern New Mexico University. Very small school. Um, the town, about 19,000 people. The school, about... 5,000 people in the middle of Podunk, New Mexico. Loved it every second mm-hmm. of it. Great time. Uh, from there, went to my first job out of college was in Monroe, Louisiana. Um, backwoods, Louisiana. Very backwoods, Louisiana. Kind of uh, Doug Dynasty. Yes. Is right there in West Monroe. Got it. I have the visual okay, now. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just think right next to Doug Dynasty is where I worked. Just not in the swamps. Um, yes. And then from there went to San Antonio, Texas, and now here. So it's been an incredible journey. It's been great, and uh, loved every second of it. Wonderful. So you like the transition from Arizona, though? Oh, I love it here. I, I tell people this all the time. Um, was nervous coming out here, just because this pro- this was the biggest city besides Houston that I lived in, um, the biggest job that I've accepted since I left Houston. So I was really nervous coming out here. Didn't know much about the desert, didn't know much about Phoenix, never thought I would get this west. I always thought I was going to go east for some reason after college, um, work my way back. Like once I got back to Texas and worked in San Antonio, that's where I thought I was staying. And then for some reason I thought I was just going to go east. So never thought I would go um, out west. And, um, you know, when I came out here, I've, I've loved it since day one. The hiking's great. The weather is great. Um, people complain about the summer and the heat, and I love it because it's not cold. I, I hate, really, I hate you the like cold. it. Oh, I hate the cold. <laughs> I'd rather be an oven and 200 degrees outside than be 50. All right, I can see that. <laughs> exactly. I can see that. So I understand. <laughs> it's, uh, I tell people this all the time. This would be the only place that I would live besides Houston so far. I mean, I, I, of course, home is home and would always love to get back uh, to Houston one day. But 
I would definitely consider living here full time. That's just how much I like it here. That's great. Well, I'm glad you like it. Yes, it's taken a little bit for me to get used to this dry heat, but I see where you're coming from. The cold doesn't really sit well with me either. So Unless there's a mountain to ski and snowboard for like two days, three max. But not months upon months. No, No. not months upon months. I don't know how people in Denver do it. Good goodness <laughs> oh yeah that'd be crazy and so with that being said my next question for you is what propelled you into you know wanting to become a broadcast journalist like what was your inspiration behind it because so i love hearing people's stories about this because everybody's so unique Inspir- I, I don't know if i was inspired to be in this more than this it was a moment that happened when i was sure. a little kid um when i was nine years old houston is very famous for having the livestock show and rodeo Every year they have this big rodeo. It's one of the biggest in the country. There's a fair. I mean, it's the whole nine yards. They'll bring an artist from every genre of music, and it's a huge deal. And we used to go all the time as kids, and uh, parents would take us take us on the rides, take us to the rodeo, blah, blah, blah. And when we got there, there was uh, KHOU, Channel 11 in Houston, was doing their newscast from out there, more specifically their weather segment. His name was Mario Gomez. He had a tent set up, and... My dad brought me in this tent, and he's doing the weather, and we're watching it, and I'm, my eyes are like this big, my, <laughs> my, my dad says. And uh, Mario got done doing his weather segment, and uh, he comes over and talks to us, meets us, shakes, you know, all, there's all these kids there, and he shakes our hand. And then all of a sudden, he says, hey, you want to help me? And I'm like, who, me? And I'm, yeah, sure. And it's funny that I even remember this story so detailed, but so – he brings me up on his where his chroma key is, his green screen. If you don't know, yes, weather men do, weather women, men and women, they stand in front of a green screen. It's all computer. Sorry to tell the secret if you didn't know that. Sad day. Uh, yeah, I know. Sad <laughs> day in journalism. Um, so he says, hey, I want you to point whenever I tell you to point somewhere. And so he did his weather with me in it. Nice. And ever since that day that I was nine years old, I wanted to do this. I wanted to start out uh, being a weatherman, obviously, um, Got to about my junior year in high school and realized math and I just didn't get along anymore. That's me. <laughs> and science and I really didn't get along anymore. Um, I always say when they started adding leather, well, excuse me, letters to math, mm, just wasn't for me. And then chemistry and physics and all that. I loved science growing up, but just that was just not. It was I just could tell it was not for me. So then I was like, all right, well, what's next? And in high school, we did a lot of uh, commercial making, mini movies. So I thought maybe that was a kind of potential yeah way to go and and then we did many broadcasts in high school too as well so it was really a a wide open thing and then I went to college and then I was like hey I want to do sports because you know I played sports in college a little bit um, retired to do this full-time and so that's kind of how it all happened Uh, but yeah when I was nine years old a guy named Mario Gomez who still works in Houston Texas who is still a weatherman in Houston Texas who I need to really send a thank you basket one day yes uh, because it is because of him really that I wanted to do this. Uh, but yeah, Mario Gomez was my uh, inspiration. Nice. Well, I love that story. That's it's, so cool. It's different. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, though, because, I mean, at a nine years old, you were able to kind of see, you know, maybe, maybe this is something that I want to do, and then kind of have the similar experience, like was pretty good in math and science my entire, like, academic career, then mm-hmm. all of a sudden got to, like, sophomore, junior year yeah. of high school, and I was like, you know... This isn't good. Like This isn't for me. I love it, but at the same time, couldn't really see myself doing anything associated with that. So then that's why journalism was really great. And then you just kind of got to figure out which part of journalism you really love to do. My math teacher and I, 
got along really well because yes. I was always in her <laughs> office asking for help. I had no idea what she was teaching. No idea. But yeah, that's that. Yeah, being a weatherman and spending all those years in math, it was just not for me. So right. I enjoy much more writing. That's yes. my thing. I love to write. Same. Uh, love to tell stories. Love to edit. So. I think it all worked out pretty well. For sure. And you mentioned that you were playing football, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of curious about that. So how did that kind of help you later in your career? Because obviously you said that you're doing sports journalism, mm-hmm. so that kind of gives you another perspective to it. Uh, as far as playing, it helps you analyze the game more. I mean, you play, you you understand the lingo, you understand the competitive side, you understand just how an athlete thinks. So from that standpoint, playing sports, uh, I also did, ran track too as well, and uh, played basketball in middle school, even though that doesn't count because <laughs> I retired very early because mm-hmm. I wasn't very good. Uh, played baseball a little bit too as well. So doing all that d- definitely gives you an athlete side of things um, from that standpoint. More importantly, I think playing sports gave me discipline. And I, I tell athletes that all the time, especially in high school, that you know the lessons you learn, and it, it sounds so cliche, but it, it's it's seriously so true. Um, the lessons you learn playing sports, they carry with you throughout your life, whether it is being a teammate, being disciplined in what you do, listening to your you know authority figures in your job or how, however it goes. So all those lessons you learn along the lines, um, carry you. I carry with me every day of life. I miss playing every day. So this is about as close to playing as I can get now because my days are done, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's great that you, you get to be surrounded by, obviously, the sports. Oh, and, you know, it. it sounds like you're very passionate about that. And like you said, it's nice because you get to experience, even though, you you know, you're not playing, but, hey, you still get to be a part of it in some aspect. Oh, I mean, I, it, it's funny you even bring that up. I was talking with somebody the other day and um, just somebody I met and they were like, hey, were you at this game? And I was like, yeah. He's like, what did you think of that most, the, the game when the Cardinals beat the Green Bay Packers out there at University of Phoenix Stadium when – Aaron Rodgers threw a Hail Mary, and then Larry Fitzgerald won it for them in overtime. He's like, what what was your reaction to the Hail Mary? And I kind of stopped for a second, and I go, before I give you my reaction, I just want to be like, I was so thankful to be there. I mean, not everybody gets the opportunity to be on the field in that moment and to watch the game won, the fans react to, and then you get to go immediately talk to these guys um, right afterwards. And I I told him, I kind of, you know, very rarely do you get to enjoy being a fan of games just because you – you're always thinking about what's next. All right, how am I going to write this story? All right, this happened, so now that changes what I do later on after, after the game. But I'm just so thankful to get to go to these events and to be a part of it and to still um, be close to sports. I mean, I, you know, you get to watch it on TV is one thing, but to interact with these guys, to get to know them one, a lot of them are very good people. A lot of the athletes we deal with are, are good guys down to earth, and it, it's crazy because you, you don't think of it all the time. You think of them some, when you're just watching them on TV, you're like, oh, that's Larry Fitzgerald. When you get to know Fitz and see, hear how good of a guy he is, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool to get to know him. It's cool to be there. So just incredibly thankful for that side of things. And not playing is tough. Uh, I'm sure every former athlete will tell you it hasn't been too long since I've played, but um, it's, you still get that itch. But being there is, is a very good second. Absolutely. And I love how you mentioned, too, like getting to know these people mm-hmm. because that's really important. They obviously. are people. Yeah, yes, they people. are people. That's, <laughs> and that's exactly one of that I wanted to point out, too, because not many people will, will see them or mm-hmm. view them that way. Oh, they're just like star athlete. But when you really get to know them and who they are as a person, that's when kind of, you know, that's where all of it is. It's, it, it, it's crazy because, you know, you hear contract figures and you hear records and you hear hall of famers and stuff like that well all those are great but when you actually just sit down and have conversations with these guys 
They have everyday problems. You know, they got kids. They got families. They have to take their kids to school. They got to wake up in the morning. Their, you know, their son or daughter isn't sleeping or are sick. I mean, they all have the same problems that that you and I do, um, and they enjoy the same things that we do. They like to go out to eat. You know, they like to do all sorts of stuff. So, you know, a lot of times people think of athletes. Are they, these, they they put them up so high, and 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 that that's how they view them. And when reality is, they're just like you and me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're even more down to earth than that. So it, it's been great getting to know a lot of the guys here in the Valley, um, a lot of good people here, especially uh, with the Cardinals and the, the Coyotes, the Suns, and the D-backs. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun. That's wonderful. And, I mean, just getting to know all of these people, too, it's, it's interesting because they're all very different in their own ways, too. Oh, see, right? Yeah, everybody, it's, it's, it's funny. You have your class clowns. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is probably the, the prankster or I, I said this before. He, you know, he keeps that locker room loose. He'll he'll, he'll play tons of pranks on guys, and um, you know, getting to know a guy like Shane Doan, and and just seeing how down to earth he is, and, and you can just tell why he's lasted so long here in the valley. Just a great guy. But I mean, yeah, everybody has their own quirks and and personalities about each other. And it, it's funny to see how they all. It, it truthfully reminds you when you played almost, or you know, it just reminds me when I was in a locker room in high school and in college, and then. It's it's the same thing. It's the same environment. I mean, everybody has their their own different traits to them. So it's 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 interesting to get to know them. Uh, and some of the guys are pretty funny. For sure, some of the guys are pretty funny. Absolutely. All right. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and take a quick little break. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Fame Game. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Tune in to Dinosaur Detectives with Little Miss Dinosaur, Anna Dubois. We'll not only learn about dinosaurs, but also about fossils, ancient civilizations, and ask questions from paleontologists. You'll learn about science in general with an emphasis on paleontology and dinosaurs in general. Anna hopes that this show will start or increase your awareness and interest in the field of science. Dinosaur Detectives can be heard every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm Maddie Rose, back with Cameron of Channel 12. So, Cameron, my next question for you, um, we were just talking a lot about, you know, getting to know these people, Mm -hmm. and that's really a perk of the job, essentially, is getting to know their stories and interacting with them and just seeing that they're real people, because Mm -hmm. they are. 
They really are. And so I know you touched on the fact that you went to Eastern New Mexico University. And so what was it like getting your education over there? Because I know it's a different atmosphere. And you said it's pretty small, which I don't mind. I come from a small school. But I think that uh, for people who aren't aware of what the culture is like over there, it would be Nice to kind of see some insight into that. All right. Well, Eastern New Mexico is – I consider it West Texas because it's right there on the border, um, about an hour and a half west of Lubbock, Texas, if anybody uh, knows where that is. Eastern New Mexico is in Portales, New Mexico. Uh, Just a very small town. Um, I'm very thankful for it. It was interesting going into college before the recruiting process happened and you know, you always thought, I had dad, I want to go to, I always told my dad, I want to go to Texas, Texas A&M, North Texas. My dad went to Sam Houston, which was in Huntsville, Texas. That's kind of a smaller school too, but D1, bigger, and uh, wanted to go there, um, U of H, Rice. And so it, they were all bigger schools that I was always thinking, hey, that's where I'm going to go to college. Um, Eastern New Mexico called and, you know, the, I got a chance to play football there. But I mean, it was in the middle of nowhere. I, I kept telling my dad, "I'm not, I'm not going there." Dad, have you looked at it? Can you find it on the map? No, we have to squint to see it on the map. I mean, <laughs> you actually have to look hard to find it sure. on the map. And so I kept telling him, "I'm not going there. Not going there." And he was like, "Well, let's just go look. These coaches seem great. You know, it, it, it looks nice on the website." He goes, "Let's just go visit." I go, "You're wasting my time, but sure." So we went to go visit. And, you know, the initial reaction kind of, you get off the plane in Lubbock, then you have to drive that hour and a half to get there. And you're driving, and I'm just like, where are we going? Like, what is going on? But you get there, and you meet the people. Um, the environment, you know, everybody is so friendly. Being in a smaller school like that, you get that one-on-one attention. You get to know the people of the town. You almost become a part of the community. And also, too, um, you know, the, the high school community, and everybody kind of just em- embraces you, and you all become kind of one big family. And the people there were just absolutely amazing. I mean, some of my best friends that I still have to this day, uh, whether they were in the community, um, workers there, people at the university, you know, friends that I went to school with, I still have. Um, I met my college roommate there who we roomed together for my three years that I was there. He's like my brother from another mother. So blessed. to. It was just weird that we were both end up going there and coach was like, hey, you're going to room with this guy. And I was, and it was great. And, you know, we roomed together for three years and, um, you know, he has my dog still. And so, I mean, it's, 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 it's awesome. Um, to get the education there, that was probably the, the biggest thing. Um, wasn't sure how the program was, the broadcasting program. I heard they had one. Uh, then when I went there, met my mentor. His name was John Kirby. And he basically told me, hey, you're going to leave here with a degree in one hand and a job in the other. Did both. So, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better situation. And he was very hard on me through my time there, but it's because of him and how hard he was on me and how direct he was on my first day there and everything that he taught me at that program is because it's where I am today because of him. So I'm so thankful for that. Uh, the classes were small. It was, it's, it's, it's definitely kind of almost have like a high school feel to it almost. It doesn't, I mean, the college part is just basically, hey, you know, it's a college schedule and, you know, it's, and your parents aren't there. So that's the college part. But, I mean, as far as the classes were, it was very, you know, 15, 20 people, um, the professors were always available if you ever needed to them. So that part was great. My mentor was great. Um, I, I only played for a year because then my mentor kind of set me down and was like, hey, you want to get serious about this? And I was like, yeah, I do. And so that's when I kind of focused all my attention to my career. But, I mean, I was so thankful for everything Eastern has given me. 
And if I had to do it all over again, I definitely would. I'm thankful for my dad for making me go out there. So, yes, I'm admitting he was right. (laughs) Don't tell him that because I I don't say that much. (laughs) Yes. No, that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, the fact that, like you said, just getting to meet those people, then you're like, you know what? I think that this is a good choice. And it did turn out very well. Like you said, it's not every day that anybody can walk out of college with a job. Yeah, it's – Meeting the people is is one thing I love about this business, and I'm, I'm sure you found in what you do too as well. You get to meet a tons of people, and you get to hear. You said earlier, you get to hear all these stories, and everybody's story is different, and that's part of why I love what I do. And that was a different part of. I'm not gonna say the. It's just a different part of the country for me. I've lived in four different areas. Um, you know, after I left Houston, and every one of them had a different story. And meeting the people of you know Portales, New Mexico, and just New Mexico in general. Uh, they were great. And like I said, some of them are still some of my good friends who I keep in contact with today, a guy named Doc Elder, who was the other, I I did radio there too as well, did play-by-play for the university in high school. And uh, he was one of the guys who also did play-by-play there. He texts me once a week and updates me, hey, Eastern did this and Eastern did this. And uh, he he and his wife and I, we'd always go out to dinner once a week. So, I mean, the relationships I built with people there are something I'll carry with me throughout my entire life. I never, ever in a million years thought I would end up in eastern New Mexico, but loved every second of it. That's great. And I like how you pointed out, too, that you had a mentor. I know that mentors are huge in our life, and it's definitely necessary to kind of point you in the right direction, and it seems like you had a great experience with your mentor. I've I've been very lucky to have a few. It seems like everywhere I've been, I've had a few. John Kirby, who was my... um, my mentor at Eastern, he was our news director, and he ran that program similar to ASU, but he almost ran it like a a small news station, like if you were working in a small market in Lubbock. Uh, He held it to that standard. Like, you weren't going to be involved in this program. You could start as early as you want in your career. As a freshman, you could help out, but you weren't going to be involved unless you, A, knew what you're doing and met his standards. And if you didn't meet his standards... Then he'd treat you like a football player, and he'd make sure you knew you didn't meet his standards. So that, that's also why I liked it, too, as well. <laughs> he almost reminded me of my coach, too, as well, because he wasn't afraid to get on you. I mean, there were some days you would leave, and you'd be so frustrated. And I, and I, I almost caught myself thinking, like, did I just leave a locker room or something? I just get yelled at for, like, missing a block or, you know, dropping a pass or something. It was, it was, it was weird sometimes, but he was very hard on me. And it, I still remember lessons that he taught me to this day. Like when I'm writing something or when I'm putting together something, like I'll have a flashback or, well, I'll, I'll, I'll make some mistake or I'm about to do something and I'm like, oh, he said never to do that. Okay, cool. So t- to this Not day, <laughs> yeah, to this day, like I remember like lessons where he, he'd called me out or he sat me down and said, hey, do this, 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 and this. It, it's, it's crazy how much I learned from this guy. I, I also interned in Houston, Texas um, with a guy named Jorge Vargas who worked at the CW there. And he was another guy who I looked up to and who has taught me a lot through my career. And uh, uh, same thing with my first job in Louisiana, a guy named Aaron Dietrich. Um, He was the sports director there, and he was about as as creative mind as I've ever been around to as well. He always had a a funny way of writing things and and making people laugh. And then I was around two of the best of the business, and Don Harris and David Chancellor in San Antonio, Texas. And I've, I've been so blessed to be around so many great minds. And I am who I am today because of these guys. For sure. That's wonderful. And also just, you know, speaking on the topic of education, too, for those who are coming into the field, um, how would you say how important it is to get an education to be able to make that transition it's, into a career? It's, it's, it's very important. And um, I always tell people, write as much as possible, as much as possible. Um, that's the key in this business, especially with the way it's going 
Um, you know, it's not just about being on TV anymore. It's not just about presenting that information on TV. Um, you know, a lot, I write my own stuff too as well, but now you have to take that writing and a lot of people are writing web articles with it. You're cranking out that first, then you're doing your TV too as well. Um, so the more you write, the easier all that becomes when it's time to actually do it. Um, I recommend everybody, you know, if you're, if you're majoring in broadcast journalism or something along the lines of that, I, I was told this by my mentor, John Kirby, pick a minor that has some meaning to it. Pick a minor that makes you think a different way. So you pick, you know, you're majoring in broadcast journalism. Okay, I've minored in political science just because it was a different way of thinking. It's a different way of learning things. You're writing and you're learning other things. Um, I liked history. I could have done that too as well. English is another good thing. Uh, sometimes I tell people to flip it too as well and you know maybe major in English. That way you're writing a ton and, and, you, and then you're doing journalism on the side. So all that comes into play. The more writing you can do one, the better well-rounded your mind is too, can all help you in this business too as well. All those things can contribute uh, when you're doing different things. So I mean, it's, it's, it's very key to write. And then also your education as far as your, what your teachers and professors are teaching you in your b- journalism classes can help you when you're interviewing people. I mean, all the, it's, it's funny. I still think about um, my mentor, John Kirby, his wife, Dr. Kirby. Uh, she taught my ethics class. And, and you know, when, you in, when you're interviewing people or when you're, you're doing different things in this business, you think back to some of those lessons. So all that stuff is very important. Uh, when are you, when you're doing this? Nice, and I'm glad you pointed that out because, I mean, it's not every day that we think about you know getting a minor or you know really seeing into you know what the purpose of doing mm-hmm. that would be. Some people are just like you know I have a major, I'm good to go. All that is the base of mm-hmm. what you do. You you will develop your career and your TV style as you go on, but as far as you know, when you're sitting there and you gotta like all right, I gotta write three shows. That's where all that comes into play. Boom, you can crank it out real quick. Or, hey, I'm, I'm doing this investigated piece. Okay, well, what, how do I go about it? Well, that's easier for you because you know the ethics, you know the training, you know the right questions to ask. You have maybe, you know, the background of certain cases or you have background of, oh, I remember this in, in, in my classrooms. And you have, you have all that as your base and then you can build on that. So your education provides you the best base possible uh, to be in this business. For sure. And you also mentioned it, you know, being multifaceted Mm -hmm. is such an asset, especially in today's industry. I mean, I went to ASU Walter Cronkite over the summer Mm -hmm. and I talked to them about their program and I applied and everything. And I mean, it's absolutely wonderful over there. But so many people were so knowledgeable about telling me, you know, yeah. We have, you know, anchors that come out with their own, like, you know, camera and all this stuff because nowadays, like, you kind of have to do everything. You got to know, you know, can you write your own stuff? Can you produce it, like you said, Uh into, um, like, web pieces? Uh Can you go out and, you know, record yourself and do a little segment yourself? Uh It's kind of like you got to know all parts of the industry. You're not just set in stone to one role. And here's the key. We're storytellers. And everything you do media-wise, you are a storyteller. And it it doesn't – I always tell people this. Don't get – you know, sports and news don't separate them. It's it's a, it's a story. It's all the same thing. It just what changes are the facts. And when you know how to do everything, when you know how to edit, when you know how to write, I mean, it doesn't. You don't have to necessarily do everything well because everybody has their strengths and what we do. Um, it's good to know how to do everything well. But when you know how to do everything, and when you know how long it takes to do something, it can help you tell a better story. Whether it's communicating something to a photographer, whether you're, you're, you have to shoot it, you have to write it, you have to edit it. Just when you know the process, 
and you know what you have to do to make sure your story comes out, it'll make you a better storyteller in the end. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And with that being said, we do have to take another quick little break, so let's go ahead and do that. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Fame Game. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon Appetit! Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm Maddie Rose, of course, and we're back with Cameron. So we were talking a little bit more about, you know, the prevalence of education and how important it is, of course, if you're looking into going into a career field such as journalism. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why we're all here and talking about. And so, Cameron, you actually won an Emmy for sports broadcasting. (laughs) Congratulations. That's so exciting. Thank you very much. I'm I'm thrilled. I think my dad and my mom are more thrilled. I was going to say, how exciting is that? How did you feel? Like when you found out that, you know, you were receiving this. Um, this was my first one by myself. Um, so it was it was a big. It's, it's crazy. I, uh, I, I have this picture um, at my desk and I stole it from my college wall in our newsroom. It was a picture of this girl named Brittany who'd went through our program. She was hold Brittany Nielsen. She was holding an Emmy. And John Kirby used to who was my mentor in college, used to always point at that picture, be like, that's what we, that that's the goal right there. You wanted me, and I when I left college, I took that picture because I wanted to keep it with me at nice. all times. <laughs> and I, I it's 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 at my it's under my desk it's in my drawer. Um, and I've told Brittany I have this, so it's it's. So she's you're not, like just kidding. yeah. <laughs> she, she's not creeped out or anything. Just so she knows, I, I have this picture of her holding an Emmy, um, and that's always been the goal. It's always been the goal to have that. And so when I. When I found out that I, I'd won one, it was it was very cool. But it it, it makes you feel blessed and to, to, on the journey. And it, you know, I, immediately I I thought to call. I, 
people and just tell them thank you. I, and, and I probably didn't need to. And, and they, they all said, what are you calling me for? I mean, come <laughs> on, Cam. You know, really? And I, I just felt the need to tell people thank you just because I am so thankful for all everybody who's given me advice along the way, all the mentors that I've had, uh, my dad, my mom, who who pushed me very, very hard. Um, same thing with all my mentors, too, as well, and just, and just friends that I've had in this business. So uh, it makes you appreciate the journey even more. And then, then you're like, all right, well, cool. I did. I, I got one. Now, how can I rework everything and be even more creative next year? So it gives you a new drive every year. It's kind of like when players talk about winning uh, a championship and never being satisfied. And it, it, it's weird because you can kind of get that that same mindset. It's like, all right, great. But now what can I do to make it be even better? So it, it was very cool. Very cool. That's a wonderful. And for those who don't know, how can you receive an Emmy? So what, what does this entail? Um. You, there's a bunch of different categories. I mean, ev- for all types of different storytelling, and there's Emmys, um, like Emmy groups all across the country. This was a, the Rocky Mountain Emmys. Um, there's one in Texas. There's they're just, excuse me, they're just kind of everywhere. And you just you basically you submit your work under your station, onto the um, whichever group you want. And so there's hundreds and hundreds of submissions and it takes them months to kind of go through and they have a ceremony um where they announce you know you know that they bring if you're if you're a finalist they bring you in so it's 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 pretty cool to be a part of and and to be recognized because i mean you're competing against stations like i think the the rocky mount has three states in it it's not just arizona if if i'm correct i don't know if i'm right on those details there but i know it's not just arizona um so you're, you're competing with a bunch of different people i mean from news stations all across that area. And so there's so many talented people, and everybody has their own way of doing things. I think that's the cool part when you get to see different ideas and how different people do things. You're like, oh, I wish I would have thought of that. That's a really good idea. And so that's the best part of these 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 ceremonies and then getting with the talk with a bunch of different people. But, yeah, that, that's kind of how it works. With a bunch of different groups and you just a bunch of different categories, and you just kind of submit your work under whichever category it fits under. That's very cool. Well, I'm glad that, you know, you had that picture and you were kind of looking towards that goal. And, hey, you finally achieved it. So I did. I did. It, it was uh, – my dad was the most fired up about it. Oh, he, I'm he, sure. He, he, was, he, he, I, he made me send him a picture right when I got it. So That's great. That's awesome. And, you know, going a little bit more into your career and mm-hmm. kind of what you do um, – you know, you do sports broadcasting, of course, as we've talked about. Is there a favorite sport that you have among all of them? Can you pick one, or is it impossible to do? It, I, I mean, just because I played the game, um, and not even at the highest level. I, you know, I, I played in college a little bit. Just because I played the game, I, I love football. I love being around it. Um, and that sounds odd. Typical guy who loves football. Yes. Um, <laughs> I could watch it all day. Um, I, I really learned to appreciate basketball when I was in San Antonio, and uh, Suns fans don't hate me. I, I like the Suns, all right. Um, and, but I really enjoyed watching the Spurs, and you know that was the only thing in San Antonio when I was there. So you covered basketball every day. You were at every practice. Nice. You were at every game, and so you know you really got to watch. And, and the Spurs are such a good basketball team, and so fundamentally sound. So you really appreciated basketball. I've really enjoyed. This is the first time I've covered a hockey team in my career out here. Um, full-time at least and so I've really enjoyed getting to know Shane Doan and, and a lot of the guys out there at the Coyotes and and seeing that side of things I've always been a huge baseball fan I, I grew up at the Astrodome I and mean, my dad and I went to baseball games from the time when I was probably even too young to go to a baseball game so I've always been a huge baseball fan so football would probably be the most 
just because I played and I, I love the game of football. I, I love the contact. Um, I miss playing football, so that would probably be the the number one. Um, but everything, anything that involves a competition. I mean, I I could get competitive over checkers, Monopoly. <laughs> so mean, you're like, I'm pretty well rounded. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, anything that competition, family game night is on in my household. It is on. Awesome. Those I like to those hear are that. just as big as as football nights. Trust me. <laughs> Good to hear. Yes, I like that. And I mean, just as far as the job as a whole, what is your favorite part? Favorite part. Yes, oh, I know there's goodness. so many different, you know, parts to it, but if you could pick one. My favorite part would be the meeting people. Meeting people and telling stories. I, I tell everybody I'm a storyteller among anything. And that's what I that that's what I look for. I love sharing people's stories. Everybody's different. And everybody has a story. And so, I mean, you could talk to anybody. I mean, you could talk to, you know, the, the usher at the D backs game, you know, or the, the, the ticket taker at the at the Cardinals game. Everybody has a story. And I think that's the best part is getting to meet so many different people, getting to interact with um so many different people. That would be my I've met some incredible people along the way. Stories that I'll never forget, stories that I'll always remember in my lifetime, people that I always remember in my lifetime, people I still keep in contact with this day because of a story that I told. So that, that's that been the best part so far is getting to meet people and then also getting to travel. I've been very blessed to go to all sorts of different big events and go to all sorts of different states that I never thought I'd go to or situations. And I always – it's a grind traveling because it's it's not your typical, hey, you get to go to the game. No, that's never how it is. You know, you're, you're carrying stuff. I mean, it's, you're flying. You're usually hitting the ground running to work. And But I always try and take a moment and just step back and take a deep breath and be like, all right, this is cool. So probably getting to meet the – amazing people that I've met throughout this career, whether it's coworkers that I've still keep in contact with or people, and then also the traveling too as well. I mean, I've been to some great cities and seen some pretty cool things. So it's that's been neat too as well. Cool. And with, I mean, the fact that you said that you get to travel, I think, mm-hmm. like you said, that's an interesting part of it. So, I mean, you said it's not really like regular travel. So what do you mean by that? Um, if ASU is listening, <laughs> you, you want to major in broadcast journalism, correct? Yes. All right, ASU, I have an idea for a new class. Okay. And it's a class, so you guys can make money off of it. I mean, come on. <laughs> they need equipment carrying 101. Equipment carrying equipment 101. carrying <laughs> 101. Because when you travel, especially nowadays, sometimes they'll, um, you, when you're young in your career, they'll send you by yourself. True. And so you're carrying tripod. Suitcase, camera bag, lights. Some strength training is you know, needed. Uh, a backpack, you know, a lot. You know, now you can go live with these backpacks and you can take them anywhere you want in in the country and, you know, use this little backpack that's probably the size of your purse and that's a live truck. And so you're carrying all this stuff at the airport and you're carrying all this stuff with you. I have this one picture of my buddy and I. We went to the NBA All Star game in New Orleans two years ago and we both worked in San Antonio and he's walking down the, we both have all this stuff so I can't help him. He can't help me he's walking down the hallway in our hotel and he's like you know just wobbling and trying to (laughs) juggle all these bags um but yeah equipment carrying 101 that will definitely help everybody out packing i I think that'll work yeah that's the worst part about traveling is is having all this stuff and you know figuring out where it goes i mean when we went to carolina there were four of us and we had probably 
17 bags. So seeing us 17, roll 17 bags oh between the four of us, all the equipment that we had. And so packing a big Suburban with all these bags is like a strategical um, Tetris maze. I mean, you're just trying to figure out where it all goes. So I, I've always thought that's been the worst part of traveling. And, and usually when you hit the ground, you know, you're – you land and you got to get ready for your first hit, your first show. It's usually a six o'clock, you know, show. So you got to go shoot some stuff and then you got to do something different for the tent. And the next day it's kind of the same thing. Go to the game and then you got hits after the show. So it's not, you don't always get to appreciate where you go because you're so busy and there's always a, a deadline. But uh, I've always tried to say, that, hey, it's important to go have a good meal somewhere wherever you go or go enjoy some sights or go look at something because, you know, you, you have to appreciate, too, what you're doing, too, as well. And I, I think that's important to take a step back, take a deep breath and be like, all right, this is pretty cool what, what I'm getting to do. But, yes, the worst part about traveling is carrying all the stuff around. Jeez. Well, I'm glad you said it's that, though, because I'm pretty sure that, like, 90% of us don't know that yet or yes. have not, you know, come into fully what it is because, of course, you never truly know until you experience it yourself. And then you're like, hmm, this is what they were talking about. Well, see, you know what? Part of me says I shouldn't tell anybody that because <laughs> you got to learn the hard way, okay? We all had to learn the hard I'm way. I'm down. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm committed to this job. Hey, yeah, no. <laughs> I'll take 18 bags. <laughs> yeah, eight, it's, That's it's, crazy. I've, I've that, that was the joke between a buddy of mine. You know, we've always just said, hey, they never taught us this in college. I mean, this is the only thing we did learn <laughs> is how to pack it, how to carry all this stuff throughout the airport. So that's always the – getting there is always the worst part just because you want to get there, you want to get going. Um, things can always change. For example, like when we went to Carolina um, for the NFC, that was the weekend of the huge, massive snowstorm that was hitting the East Coast. So our all our flights – to Charlotte were well, our, our first of all, our flight to Houston was good. So we were going to fly out Friday. The game was Sunday. We were going to get there on Friday. That's when we were supposed to get to Charlotte. Well, our flight went to Houston first. That was no problem. But then once we got to Houston, all the flights to the East Coast were canceled. Like Nobody was going anywhere. Um, and so we were stuck in this airport. Wow. I, just, just stuck in this. So we were just kind of waiting. We we're like, maybe we'll get a flight. Maybe we won't get a flight. Okay, well, they canceled one. Okay, this one's still good. All right, they're canceling that one. Now we have to plan for the next day. Um, cool story there. My mom came to hang out with us in the airport all day. I'm from Houston, so she just wanted to come. My mom was like, if she could be in this career, she would be. So she, anytime <laughs> she can come hang out with me, I just give her the mic. Very and, cool. You go interview people. Mom, they'll talk to you more than they'll talk to me. <laughs> My mom talks a whole lot, so she could definitely be in this business. So we were we were stuck in this airport all day and um, then trying to fly the next day. And, and then we ended up flying to Atlanta the next day and then driving to Charlotte because the weather was so bad. There were no flights still to Charlotte. So you just never know what could happen. You could lose bags. We've lost bags before. And then you have to figure out how to make up without that equipment or if you're going to get it back. So it, it, it's always something traveling. It's always good to be prepared when you travel. Take everything. Overpack. <laughs> Yes. Wow. I don't. I'd be freaking out in that moment. But of course, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you kind of got to step back and be like, "It's okay. Yeah. We can do this. I don't need that bag." No. Or, you no. know, I don't need the camera. I don't need no. the camera. No. no. I can no. do without it. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> but that's always good to know. Backup plans. Yes. Being prepared. Always. Great life lessons. Always. <laughs> always have a backup plan. Always have something you can fall back on. Um, always just just think about it. You don't necessarily have to have something. Just know where you're going next, basically. Nice. That's another good thing for this business. I mean, and, and you'll see once you start taking classes into as well, and, and as you get into this business, it's, it's always the next move because um, 
say for example that the teleprompter doesn't work or your video doesn't work or when you're when you're doing something you don't have something and, and your producer says hey you got to go somewhere else now and you just always have to think all right what happens in these situations and what, what next so that that's another good advice I think tool for people in this business is just train your mind always to think about the next step the next how this can affect this and this it's always a good thing to do Nice. That's good advice for sure. And with that being said, it looks like it's time for another break. So keep it right here. You're listening to The Fame Game. They say you can't change the weather, but we already have. And if we've changed it for the worse, let's change it for the better. Tune in to The Climate Opportunity, a two-hour special hosted by Beth Green and Dr. Grant Dean. Expert guests, Professor Scott Denning, Chef Laura Steck, video journalist Peter Sinclair, and Kelsey Wirth of Women Out Front will share how we can improve our lives while improving our weather. Listen on Inside Out Radio, Tuesday, November 11th, starting at 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Presented by Inside Out Radio and Voice America. If the financial markets interest you, if you want to potentially earn a higher return, if you're not satisfied with your investment returns, or if you're only making 1% on your investments sitting in the bank, do you see the stock market hitting record highs but feel you have no one to trust? Voice America's own Jordan Kimmel, the host of Magnet Investing for over seven years, is applying his strategies of magnet investing and is managing individual accounts. Jordan Kimmel has joined InvestView, the Red Bank, New Jersey investment education and asset management firm. Firm, and his team can help you. Contact Jordan and the team at InvestView at 732-380-7271 or by email at jkimmel at investview.com. If you would like a complimentary portfolio review or to speak to a representative, call us. Past performance of investments are not indicative of future results. Investing is inherently risky. All recommendations should be researched by the investor. Call InvestView at 732-380-7271. That's 732-380-7271. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids. You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. We're on our last and final segment. I know time flies, as I say, every single show, because it really does, especially when we're talking to people. By the way, I love the name of the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We just had a conversation about, like, you know, why did I call this the Fame Game? And if you've been watching my – or not watching, listening, because it's radio – and – if you've been listening to my show for all of these years, you'll know why. And, again, it's just talking to people in the community, and I really love that. Everybody's special in their own way. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, that's it in a nutshell. But, Cameron, my next question for you, we were just talking about, you know, your favorite parts of the job. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you know, being able to carry equipment is an essential skill that we it really is. need. It is. It, is. it needs <laughs> to be a class. And so n- my next question for you is the fact that, you know, what is challenging about your job? So kind of looking at it on the other token. 
what is challenging? Yes, what's challenging? You're like everything. Sleeping, sleeping. <laughs> sleeping yes. <laughs> I agree on that one, yes. Sleep, sleeping. Um, what is challenging? Uh, I would have to say always trying to be different. I think, I, think, I think that's the key. I always look at every day, and, and obviously you have the stories of the day and where you're going and, and what you're doing. And, but I, I always look at how can I get more out of that day? How can I get the best out of everything we do? And, and it's, it's, it's all about being different. I had, I had a guy once tell me, you know, don't follow the masses. Do what we do. And what he meant by that was just finding a way to be different, finding a way to present the information differently, maybe so, some some way that someone hasn't thought of it before, or shedding a new light on something, or um, you know, just finding a different way to tell the story that's maybe always already been told or two as well. So to me, the, the most challenging part is is being creative and, and always finding a different way to present stuff and to, to come up with something new and, and, and to keep it fresh and, and to, to be entertaining and also be a journalist too as well. So I, I, I think that's the that's probably the most difficult part. The other part is, is is it's stressful. And so you have to deal with that. You have to always find a way to to relax and, and, and figure out a way to it's just T V. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just like every other thing too as well. It's um, you know, everybody has their different stresses in their life and in their job and, and mine are no different than anybody else, but I think it's the same problem for everybody else is, is just dealing with everything that's going on and, 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 and dealing with the high stress sometimes that, that comes with what I do. So being different probably one and then and then finding a way to relax from time to time is, is, is probably two. But other than that I enjoy I, I love what I do. I don't complain about it just because I truly love what I do. Very few people get to say that that um, and if you do get to say that, you are very blessed too. That's as well. important. Oh, right. it's, it's, it's loving what you do. Yeah, loving what you do, and 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 you know sometimes you, you do complain, and sometimes you are stressed. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? It was a good. I love what I do. So I, it's all worth it at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, the most difficult part is being different, finding a different way to be creative, finding a not necessarily a way to reinvent the wheel, but just looking at things differently and presenting them to people in a way they didn't didn't think about. So I, I always enjoy that. When somebody always comes up to me and says, hey, I didn't think of that. Great. <laughs> I You're did, like, I did my job. I did my job for that. <laughs> that. That's probably one of the best compliments I can get. That's wonderful. No, I totally understand that. And like you said, stressful. It just kind of comes with the job. You're not the first journalist to tell me that. I'm going to catch my dad. I'm going to be so mad, too, when when that happens. I I, I, I always used to make fun of his gray hair just because, you know, son, dad, you got to give dad a hard time. But uh, I'm going to catch him one day, and I'm not going to be happy about that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, you're not the first journalist to tell me about, you know, the stress that it comes with it. But like you said, it is fun, and so that's what makes up for it. it, It's worth it at the end of the day. Yeah, it's deadlines, right? I, I always say no matter what, no matter what. And and you know I I this is why I never think I'm gonna miss a deadline just because no matter what the show's gonna go on the air, it starts at five o'clock I hit it five sixteen, starts at six o'clock I hit it six sixteen, it starts at ten o'clock I hit it ten twenty three. No matter what happens, the show is gonna go on the air and you have to have something uh, to to do. So. Um, you know, that's that's the best part. The deadline is stressful. There's always a deadline. Of course. It's every day. You know, news doesn't stop, even on holidays. Yes, for those of you who don't watch TV on holidays, we are still on the air in case you want to tune in. Yeah, just um, in case. <laughs> yeah, so um, it, it, it never stops. So I think that's the always stress because you're always waking up the next day and, you know, you're either reading and you're like, all right, well, what what's going on? And, and so it's always going on. Your brain is always ticking. Um, but like I said, I love it and I, I wouldn't do anything else. 
Great. And since, you you know, saying that you have a love for it and a passion for it, mm-hmm. like we said, it's very important to love what you do. So where would you like to see yourself in the next five years? Goodness. Um, I like it here. I, yes. I, I, and, and, and that's – people might say that that's cliche where, where the next five years is. But I, I enjoy this city. I enjoy – I've really enjoyed meeting a lot of people. I could – I would really like to make Phoenix – a home in the next five years. So uh, um, I, I, I truthfully, I don't think I don't think that far in advance. Tell you the truth, I, I really just kind of enjoy what I'm doing. I'm always looking for um, the next thing to get involved with, um, the next um, opportunity per se. I think everybody should always do that. Always keep one eye as to far as where your next step in life is and, and what's the next thing you could possibly get involved with and, and always keep yourself going. Um, but, but truthfully, I, I like it here in Phoenix. So I, I hope in the next five years that I'm still here in Phoenix and, and still working. I, I know this. This is what I love to do. So whatever it is in the next five years, I will be doing something along the lines in the journalism business, period. Because th- this telling stories is, is what I, is, I always say is what I do. And that's what I enjoy doing. I enjoy meeting the people. Um, and if for some reason that doesn't work out, then I'm going to go coach. So Good. I'm backup <laughs> plans. <laughs> I've, I've always said if for some reason uh, there comes a point in time where this can't happen anymore or it's just time to get out or it's time to move on, uh, I love kids. I love working with I love teaching. Um, and I love being a part of, around competition, so I would go coach. So I always tell my my college roommate I envy him. He's a high school football coach, basketball coach, coaches track. I was like, that'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's a wonderful. Well, I'm glad to hear it. And finally, how can others stay up to date with everything that you're doing? So social media is very important. It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> they they shove it down your throat. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it's necessary. Oh yeah, it's necessary. Uh, it's always it's it's always something. Uh, Cam Cox twelve on Twitter, and I just got an Instagram. Cam Cox twelve on Instagram. I don't post a lot. Of, I don't take a lot of pictures. I guess I need, I was told the other day I didn't take more pictures. So uh, criticism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our social media team came up to me. And said, take more pictures. Okay, cool. I got you. And I I'm getting a Facebook page. I have a personal Facebook page, but I'm getting a fan page soon. Um, so yeah, so Cam Cox twelve on on Twitter and and on Instagram too as well. And I'll have a Facebook page soon. Awesome. Well, thank you so much Maddie, again, thank Cameron. You so much. I appreciate it. Yes, very glad that you could come on and talk with us. So, hope you guys enjoyed the show for today, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you again for listening to The Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Be sure to join Maddie Rose again next week for another great show. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN.